Journeyman Chronicles. Oh man, guess who's back in the hizzy? The shizzy. I'm just trying to stay busy. Ladies and gentlemen, all my non-binary friends, it is yours truly, Felix C. Arroyo. Returning with another episode of the Journeyman Chronicles, I decided to switch the intro up. Let me know what you think. I've always loved this beat. Shout out to Soilo for the ill beat. Listen guys, I had a great vacation. Came back, hit you with an episode of Energy. But now we're back with another interview. I'm talking to a good friend of mine, an old buddy of mine. His name is Nick Aiken. And him and I went to college together up in Edinburgh University. A little bit below Erie. It's been 20 years since him and I talked. But I've been keeping in touch with Nick through social media. Thank God for social media nowadays. Through the years, I've been watching Nick. And Nick's been doing his own thing on YouTube. He's got a show called Off the Radar. He's talking to MCs and rappers. He's talking to professional wrestlers. Uh, he's got a rental business. Uh, he used to do some mobile DJing. Uh, he also talks about how he met his wife. Uh, listen, talking to Nick has always been fun for me because the guy's hilarious. He's funny. And so there's definitely a lot of laughs. I'm not going to apologize for that because as much as we can get serious in the Journeyman Chronicles, we can get funny too. You know what I mean? So... If you've got yourself a beverage, you know the routine, you know the drill. Crack it open. If you're driving, sorry for your luck. Maybe you can pull over. Maybe you can, uh, I don't know, go to a friend's house and quickly just drink one while you listen to the Journeyman Chronicles. I'm sure your friend won't mind you crashing on the couch. But anyway, this interview starts off great. Uh, We're doing it through Zoom. Uh, But all of a sudden, I lose Nick. Can you hear me? Uh... The signal's just gone. Hello. And this is where episode six begins. There you are. Guess, guess who's back? Hey, what happened there? Did I lose you? Was that me? I I didn't move. That's all I know. But technology's <laughs> weird. <laughs> all right. Well, if you need someone to be take accountability, I'll take accountability. No, 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 no. I'll I will always take accountability because I'm. This is. <laughs> Uh, this is my third time ever using Zoom and second for this podcast. So there goes that. So I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to the podcast, but pretty much what I'm doing is I'm interviewing everybody, anybody that I know or that I don't know that's doing what they love doing. And I'm curious as to how they got to where they're at. I want to know the the journey, so to speak, which is the the name, the Journeyman Chronicles. I saw your live video where you're drinking yurt. You alert, yeah. You alert, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I I I was surprised that many people remember that because I thought that was a throwaway, but apparently a lot that one stuck. I'm I'm truly trying to get and no pun intended, but I'm truly trying to get their their sponsorship. I'm going all out. I'm hashtagging them and everything, just because it be happened phenomenal. to be the one thing I was drinking at that time. That'd be incredible if that's the person you were drinking and you actually pulled that off. I, I fuck it, why not, right? I mean, I'm drinking one right now. I got fruit punch, and then I got literally another one in the chamber. I'm just, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> so you got my wine. I've got my yeah, yeti kind of water. I'm drinking? ready to go. I saw you got wine. What kind of wine? Okay, so it is a mescado riesling combination. Ah, uh, see, riesling does something to me. Right, does right. Something to me. The first, the first. I can drink. A, I can drink several. But then after that, it could be in trouble. I don't know what it is. I think like I the first um, I think it was the first po- first podcast that I did. The first episode, my wife kept filling my glass up with white wine, and I just kept drinking it, and it was good. And the next day, I had a right. pounding headache, and I'm like, "Hey, what was that?" She was like, "Oh, it was reasoning." I said, "Well, I hardly drink that one." So I'm I don't know what it is, but it gives me a headache. But I love it. It's good. Oh man, but. So the, there's the best of both worlds. No, yeah, you love no, it at the time. The next sure. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had a headache. So we, indirectly, it's your wife's fault. though. Yeah. So, well, we'll just blame her, but we're not going to tell her until she listens to this. And if I'm smart, I'll edit Correct, this part yeah. out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm usually in a, in a very strong. I, I'm strong minded when I'm editing. So I'm probably going to remember this and, and maybe I'll feel lucky and just say, oh, we'll see what she says. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. 
Or you could say you just need it because of your, your, your truly. <laughs> Honey, this is how we get the endorsement. Yeah. 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 No, I got a headache. So let me throw Advil in there. Ah, oh, two for. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay. I thought of you when I started doing this because I've been watching you uh, for a while. Uh, I remember when you were doing, you would, you would, you were doing your DJing and you told me today it was mobile DJing. Am I correct? Is that what that was? Yeah, I, I did a little work at radio stations, even 88.9 The Edge, you may recall, from Edinburgh. There but for years, it was a mobile DJ. Weddings, bars, and clubs. Now, I was thinking about this today, because, uh, and we're going to get into this later. <clears throat> One of the <laughs> things I'm excited about is that I remember we would talk a lot about music, and you're, you're a huge hip-hop head like me. If anything, I think you know a lot more than I do. And I know when it comes to music, I I've been learning now when I host parties, and I'm better at this now, that you have to play music that the, the people that are there want to hear. And I used to be the type of person that would, I'd play what I want to play. And when you're right. at my house, you're going to listen to what I want to play do you right do, when you play are you obviously you're catering to the masses but do you tend to kind of like hey uh i want to i want to play something for you guys or are you are you playing what what's popular right now so you try to mix it in you try to read the crowd my first time as a mobile dj i thought i'd be cute so i had a packed dance floor we're listening to 50 cent in the club so i'm trying to throw in some songs that i like and there was a song called uh what about my ching, ching, ching with Nelly Furtado and Timberland? Yeah. I guess it wasn't a real good dance song at the time, but I thought it was cool. So I tried to mix it in. Yeah. And people were like booing and hissing at me and they'll leave the dance. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I think it's a great song. <laughs> so I had to realize like, okay, right. match up the dance beats, read the crowd better. It's not about you. And then yeah. that, that kind of scarred me. And I knew to, okay, that guy seems like he likes this or that. This guy might appreciate some underground hip hop. So it kind of depends. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it, it's like it's a humbling experience where like I feel like I'm a better person now because of it. Like, all right, well, I, I, I become like I, I listen to other types of music now because of it. I used to be really narrow minded in my in my hip hop music. Uh, but I can mm. only imagine being a DJ. It's like I'm sure there's times where you're playing music that maybe you're not crazy about, but you're playing what, what the crowd wants. Um, how long have you, how long did you do, did you do that for? So probably from 2003 to 2010 regularly. And then after that, I got asked, uh, you know, some friends and family members wanted me to do uh, weddings or stag and drags, things like that. And then uh, my brother-in-law has a soccer club that was probably four or five years ago. And he did little recognitions for the soccer kids. So I'd play some music and I'd do announcing and things like that. But that's probably the last thing I think that I've done. How did you get started? Was that like something you've always kind of wanted to do or? So I always wanted to, you know how my knowledge kind of was, and I was obsessed yeah. with the artists and all that. So around 2003, 2004, I was already gone from Edinburgh. I had several um, random jobs. So I was working at Chi-Chi's doing some cooking. I was helping a buddy with a paper route, and I was also doing telemarketing. So we're at the call center, and we have some downtime. So I'm talking with the guys about music, this and that. And then somehow Drew Hill comes up. So I'm talking about them. They're like, man, I hope Woody, Cisco, Jazz, and Nokio, they get back together. I really miss them. And the guys are like, dude, why do you know that? You act like you know them. Like, I thought it second nature. I just, I follow them so much. They almost seem like friends. So there was a lady who overheard that. And she was like, that's actually very impressive. She's like, I want to tell you something. My boyfriend has a mobile DJ company. Are you available for some type of tryout or an interview? I said, Absolutely. So I met with him. We met at a very professional place. We at Taco Bell and he gave me the job. You are you are well yeah. versed and knowledge knowledgeable with the who's who. Uh, I mean, I remember when I met you, you knew rap artists that I knew. And then you you were even going back when we were too young to be listening to rap and you knew the okay. who's who. Um, where like you're from Erie, you're born in Erie. Where um, I was born in Erie. Uh, when I was younger, I went to several different schools, probably seven or eight schools. Uh, I moved around. Then fourth grade, I settled down in a, kind of a rural area, Cory, Pennsylvania. Okay. Where did, where does hip hop music come into your life? Um, my family always uh, was into music. A lot of it was rock, um, maybe some Motown, things like that, yeah. even Beatles, things like that. So the first time I fell in love with hip hop, though, I'll tell you the first three 
cassette tapes that I got. Cool. I got MC Hammer. Please Hammer, don't hurt him. Of course, you can't touch this is on there. Yeah. Crisscross, totally crossed out. Sure. And you guessed it. Right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Then after that, the rest is history. I guessed it. Okay. Have you heard Drake's new st- album that sampled on there? I'm too yeah, sexy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It, it is. And it's like, uh, I, I, I hated it. And now I, I, I'm hearing it and I'm hearing it. And I'm like, this is actually not that bad. It's just fucking insane. Okay, so uh, crisscross. So, okay, so this goes back to what I was just saying is that I'm sure you know the names of both members of Crisscross. Absolutely. I, I didn't. You see what I'm saying? Like I knew Crisscross. I knew yeah. I knew Jermaine Dupree. Um I kind of like uh compare it to people that collect baseball cards. They know the players, they know the stats, they know is that how you are with music in general or is it just hip hop? Um, that's how I became, especially when I got into DJing. I was kind of I tried to verse myself in being the total package. So sure. no matter who comes to my venue, I could find something for you. Or I could kind of read you, you know, okay, okay maybe this guy's going to like Bruce Springsteen or, you know, you can't touch this or whatever. But I just at a young age, I became obsessed with it. And honestly, it sounds weird, but MC Hammer, Crisscross, maybe not right said Fred, but a lot of those artists, I followed them so much. It was almost like it was a friend or, a, you know, a family member. I knew so much about them. So it was just... You know, it was the second nature. Like the people when I was at the call center, like, why do you know Drew Hills from Baltimore? Why do you know all four members? Like, yeah. and the internet wasn't that big then. I just, I had Vibe magazine. I was always sure. reading up on it. The people that I was interested in. I wish hip hop or music was a degree that could make me a lot of money. I would have been a valedictorian. Oh, no, I believe you because there was so much you knew. You knew people's names. You knew where they were from. Uh, I remember, um, you know, we were talking about MC8 and uh, he, his beef that he was having with DJ Quick. And Quick. Yeah. it was like you you went in and were like, yeah, but do you remember? I forget how it was. You said something <laughs> along the lines of, yeah, but they were also they were also beefing about this and that. And I'm like, they're all the way in fucking Cali. How the hell? Like, how do you know this shit? But yeah, you're right. The the internet wasn't really what it was at the time, and we had magazines. So I'm I'm assuming you you mentioned Vibe, but I'm I'm assuming Source was a part of that as well. Yeah. Okay. Double yes. XL. Double XL was at that time. Yeah. Double XL, probably not so much. I don't think I had that. I'm sure I read a little bit here and there, but I didn't have the subscription. And then, of course, I would every Friday, a lot of times there'd be a high school or grade or middle school dance. I would after that, I would go watch UMTV raps. I think it started at midnight, watch or midnight to two. So you get to see people you weren't exposed to, maybe like an MC8 and a DJ Quick. Yeah, and I remember watching. uh, I didn't watch MTV raps that much, but I do remember it. But I was more a rap city on BET. With Tigger, that was excellent too. The yeah, basement, yeah. The basement, yeah. And I remember that that was pretty much where I was able to kind of like discover like, oh, these. This is the music. You know, I fell in love with hip hop when I went. Uh, I went to summer camp three years in a row, and that was when I first was introduced to it. And so it was like I couldn't, I couldn't Google what I heard, and I couldn't Spotify right. look it up on Spotify. It was like I, I don't know where I'm gonna find this again and then rap city and then it was you know the local it was millerville university that was playing music on the radio station they gave like i don't know some cats like an hour and a half to two hours of free time to play just pure hip-hop um i feel like at that time uh, i don't know maybe maybe i don't know if you agree but i felt like it was you were forced to appreciate pre- appreciate it more because of the amount of work you had to do to look it up and find it if you really wanted it right now it's so accessible i don't know if people can appreciate the, the music and the culture as well that's actually an excellent point and I, I took pride in it so literally i would be in eighth grade i i i'm not lying i heard onyx slam before it blew up i got the cassette single i took it to a dance and you know the dj said i'll play it but i better have any foul language played it everybody loved it we're dancing and a couple of weeks later, the thing goes huge. And I'm like, wow, come on. Did I not tell you this is a great song? So, so I took pride in that. And people would come to me like, hey, I got a track meet this weekend or whatever. What's a good CD I'm going to buy? I'm going to go to the mall or something. Oh, so you were you were pretty much getting people hip to what was what was popping before it blew up. How, what, what gave you the inkling that it was just a vibe, the feeling you were getting from the music? I don't know. Just as I I don't know. It's, I, mean, I just kind of had a year for it. I think it's a great song. And it's. It, 
a lot of times that would be out weeks or months before it blows up. I just, I could tell, like, how can you not hear that? I'm trying to think of, you know, when you hear a beat, 50, we talked about 50 Cent in the club. Just as soon as you hear that beat, at least to me, I hear that, okay, that's going to be huge. Yeah. You know, get low, things like that. So a lot of times I'm just thinking this is going to be huge. Or um, there was a song called Hip Hop Ride by the Youngsters, who I've uh, got to talk to a number of times on my platform. But they weren't real big. They're more BET or Rap City. That a song called Hip Hop Ride. Great dance song, but it wasn't on MTV. I brought it to a DJ. This is a great song. Why have I never heard it before? As soon as I hear the song, the beat, everybody's dancing to it. So I'm like, oh my God. I just, it gave me such a rush just knowing that I was able to have a little bit of an impact. Yeah. By the time we met in Edinburgh, you were, I mean, I'm assuming you were, you were, how do I say this? You were extremely well-versed in, in, in hip hop. Did you, the year that I was there and then I left, how much deeper in, in the rabbit hole of hip hop did you go? Or do you feel like at that, at that point in your life, you, you were exactly where you are now? I would say I probably just kept evolving. Of course, I kept the knowledge of the 90s, the 2000s and all that. Um, I stopped probably being obsessed with it maybe right around when I stopped DJing, maybe 2010. As you get older, things yeah. just, they evolve. It doesn't mean Drake's not incredibly talented. I do like him, but a lot of the newer artists, I'm just not really into. Right. I feel like we, uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm guilty of that. I know that when we, you know, and we're going to get into this here, I think this is a perfect segue. When you mentioned the, the 90s and the 2000s, that first of all, the '90s, obviously, right? That's like you know, everyone's always oh, the '90s, but it's such a great '95, '96. Uh, it really is. It really, I mean, there was just so much great music in hip hop that I don't. At the time, I didn't realize it was going to be what what it is. And now, when I look back, it was like my senior year in the high school, and then we graduate, and then I go to Edinburgh, and that's where we meet. And at that time. DMX came out with his debut album. DMX had two albums in the same year. That, that the it's dark and hell is hot was already it already did what it needed to do. You had Nas's um um. Oh, you're talking about uh, it's your um the world is yours with uh, Lauren Hill. Yeah, what and is all it? That. It was written. It was written. It was written. Yeah, I kept saying I am, but that's another album of his. Yeah, it was written. That's a great. That's '96. You have AT Aliens from Outkast. That was '97. Oh, good. And then '98 comes. So I remember the first. Do you remember the, when we meet when we met the first time? Yes, I would like to hear your version of it because I wonder if your version is the same as mine. I was thinking of that in my head. I know the exact not day, time, sure, yeah, and yeah, what well, brought yeah. us together. Okay, so the uh, floor is yours. You were you were sitting out in the hallway on the floor because you were like, you were locked out of your room. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You're like, I'm locked out, and you were just kind of just like matter of fact about it like you're just going to sit there and just i don't know what you were waiting on because you weren't doing anything about it and i was like well you can go down there and get a spare key and you're like oh really but that's how we kind of started talking and then your room is right next to mine so you know uh that fall um we watched we would watch music videos a lot in our dorm rooms and of course uh that was when we watched uh the rosa parks video for um Aquemini. um and i remember being like Man, AT Aliens, that album, that album to me is like, that's a Mecca album for me. Hard to top. It's, that's the, that's the album that was like, I need, I need to rap. Like, I'm going to rap that. This is the album that made me want to rap. Beginning to end. And you're right. And I, it's easy. I can listen to that whole thing right now. We got a, we got excited for Equemini. We get excited for Equemini. We go to the mall in Erie and I remember buying the CD Coming back, we sit down in your room, we play Equemini, and we're devastated. Devastated. <laughs> so disappointed. Like, we're so disappointed, we're trying to convince ourselves it's good, but we just don't like it. So we love Outcast so much. We're like, I guess that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I was guilty of suggesting that every album needs to be an AT Aliens album. I was like every album right. that they do from this point on, it needs to be like eighteen. Now, obviously, I've grown now, and I'm and I love that album. That album is probably maybe in my incredible. Top five. It's my favorite. But I remember that was the first time I was ever, I was ever like faced with the decision of like, I need to really force myself to listen to this and appreciate it for what it is because I used to just push it to the side if I didn't like what I was hearing. 
was the first time yeah. I was forced to listen to the album and appreciate it for what it was. Now, yeah, that album is just... Is there any other album that you can think of where you heard it at first, didn't like it? I mean, we were disgusted with Equimini at first. Is there any other album that you can compare that to? Actually, I have a good example. So I remember uh, Mob Deep, you probably remember, is one of my sure. favorite groups, too. Um, yeah. The Infamous, that, this is before I met you, sort of been 94, 95. Yep. $15 cost for a CD. That's a lot of money for an eighth grader or whatever age I was at the time. Yeah. So I bought it because I, I thought they were cool. I loved their presence and just their swag. And I listened to it and I'm like, because I really wasn't down that familiar with that type of hardcore stuff. So I listened to it and I'm like, uh, what is this? But I spent $15 on it. So I'd force myself on walking home from school or going to a meet or something like that. I'm just going to listen to this because I spent all this money. And then eventually, maybe the second or third time, this is freaking incredible. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, you went to school at Edinburgh for, for broadcasting, right? Or yes. something along those lines. I remember finding out what you were going to school for. I think like second semester of, <laughs> it was like the first semester. I had no <laughs> idea what you were doing there. And we spent all so much time together. Yeah. Too, which is and crazy. I think I, fi I finally asked you and you were like, Oh, like broadcasting or something. I was like, well, we were listening to somebody on the radio and you were, critiquing them or something what was it what was it about broadcasting that caught your eye that you wanted to go to school for that because you got the voice for it thank you by the way um just i like from music to sports i mean from wrestling to baseball football uh, to just catching a story i i really like all those things unfortunately i didn't make it i didn't finish where i wanted to i wanted to work at a news station right after college but i didn't but i just like that and i always told myself i was going to Sure. But um, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I started my YouTube channel because gotcha. I have that degree. I wanted to prove it to myself, and I wanted to do something a little different. And then you know, just kind of. Also, it's a nice hobby too. Well, let's talk about your YouTube channel. You got a show in there called Off the Radar, which Off the Radar. There it is right there. You've got an Off the Radar shirt. You got an Off the Radar framed picture in the back, which I see every time I watch these episodes. I am blown away. Me doing this podcast, one of the things that inspired me was watching you do this off the radar show because you're talking to cats. And, and this takes me back to the to the comment I made about the 90s and 2000s era of music. You're talking to a lot of these MCs from that time. You're talking to I got a list here. I wrote down Capadonna, Havoc, Large Professor, Pete Rock, Vinny from Naughty by Nature, Daz Dillinger, Jamal. Keith Murray, Doodlebug from uh, Diggable Planets. You talked to Roe from ABC, which when I saw that, I forgot about ABC. And then Aisha, that song came right back into my MC. <laughs> and I looked it up. Shout on out to ABC. <laughs> Uh, not only that, but you're talking, and this is the interesting part is you're not just talking about music. But you're also talking about wrestling, and that's one of the things that you and I would talk about a lot, too, when we met in Edinburgh, is you're a huge wrestling fan. Um, and at that time, The Rock was big. Stone Cold Steve Austin was big. That was right before the, the Attitude Era, right right before it kicked yeah. off uh, in WWE. And you're talking to Marty Jannetty, Virgil, Buff Bagwell, Ice Train, Francine, the queen of extreme, uh, Luke from the Bushwhackers. Uh, one of the things I wanted to know was how are you getting a hold of these people? Are you are you hustling? Are you reaching out to any contact that you have and saying, hey, can you give me five minutes of your time? Okay, so when the pandemic started, a part of it is because a lot of people are locked at home. How can you better yourself? And if you notice some of my interviews, including Ro, I'm like, did you teach yourself anything? Did you expand your knowledge on something? Ro said, I can change oil. I can work on a car. So I, I kind of asked, what have you been doing to the pandemic? So I wanted to challenge myself. So I'm laying in bed, just having trouble sleeping or something. Maybe it's two or three in the morning. So I'm going on all these social media platforms. I'm reaching out to a lot of the people you mentioned, a lot of people that, you know, that I just looked up to growing up. Sure. Getting turned down, turned down. One of them being Sunny. Sunny was kind enough for her rep, responded to me with, I said, hey, my name is Nick Aiken. I have a small business called Aiken Developments, which has nothing to do with interviewing people, by right. the way, but that's all I have going for me. Right. I own a company, small company called Aiken Developments. I was wondering if you'd be up for an interview. So Sunny responds with LMAO, no, sweetie. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not Sunny. So thanks for, <laughs> yes. 
So I'm just getting shot down. People, I don't know why people are even responding. A lot of people, most people are ignoring me, but a couple of denials. Okay. So I don't know if you, you talked wrestling. The first one that I finally got my foot in the door, it was, uh, his name was Jim Powers. He was more of like a, maybe a lower card guy. Yeah. Such a nice gentleman. So I got a hold of him on Facebook. He responds, hey, hey, Nick, no problem at all. Thanks for reaching out. Can you give me a call? Whatever the day is, I want to do some screening. I want to talk to you. So I say the same thing. He's like, yeah, I have this small company. It's called Aiken Developments. It's about my real estate, my rentals and all that. Again, I have nothing else going for me, so I'm not lying. I'm just telling him. So he's like, right. Nick Aiken, Aiken Developments. I remember you. You used to come around to WCW. I still have that saved, that recording. And I was, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to get back into it, Jim. <laughs> you remember me. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I'm flattered you remember. I'm just trying to get back into it, you know, getting back in the swing of things. Uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we can definitely do an interview. So it kind of took one to just have something on my resume. And that, that, by the way, it wasn't good. It was my first one. He did hold great stories. But when I listened to it, I talked too much. When I asked questions, I just, I mean, your first podcast, your sure. first interview, you're yeah. going to improve. But but thank you, Jim, because he remembered me from WCW when I apparently was in 10th grade or something. But that's how I started. And so then uh, once you do something like that and you get your foot in the door, is it a matter of like, oh, well, you talk, uh, Jim talked to you. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you. Yep. So that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. You uh, you have an you have a knack to remembering uh, all all the wrestlers too. Are you remembering statistics? Are you that that savvy with your with your? I mean, championships and uh, heels and when and certain matches. Are you remembering things like that? Because I that blows me away when people do that. Yeah, nineties, two thousands, probably again two thousand ten. I kind of I, I still follow it a little bit, but. Um, I mean, I could tell you every their exact win loss record. Yeah, That's crazy, sure. but, no, but I could I mean, tell if they tell you their stuff. heel run or what faction or who they're affiliated with and things like that. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Are you still following? Just another one of those things that I was obsessed with. Are you still following wrestling now, or is it like music? You're kind of. I do a little. Yeah, I have a couple of buddies at work that we we like the '90s and 2000s. He's a couple years younger than me. It's almost as if you're just kind of signing in. It's like you watch Raw last night. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't like <laughs> Do you ever find yourself kind of like, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm a Hello. huge fan. I owe it. I owe it to myself to keep paying attention or, or are you happy with just knowing what you know about the the greatest time of it? Um, I, I like, it's kind of like, you got to know when to leave type of thing, I guess, whether it be work or whatever your hobby is. I mean, I followed to kind of keep up. I stopped DVRing it, which was a big, big step. Probably a couple months ago. I told my coworkers, I always hate it. I'm just going to stop DVRing. It. But I talked about it for a year and a half because it was so hard. I don't know why. So you were DVRing take, it up to a year ago. About a year. Well, I probably stopped about two or three months ago, but I talked about wow. it for a year, year and a half. Wow. I don't know why it was such a hard step. Cause like, I'm just going to stop DVRing. I don't like it. I'm <laughs> leaving time with my family to watch something that I hate. My wife will sit there and I'm, I'm complaining. I'm fast forwarding through almost every segment. It's like, why are you even watching this? Can we watch the voice or something? Sure. <laughs> You're like, you know what? I, I think, I think I need that. I think I need the voice right now. Yeah. I, I, right. I think the last time I, it's gotten to the point now where I don't recognize anybody and that the people that I do recognize are like some random special guest coming in to spark up the evening. It's like, I don't know who anybody is and everybody that I like is retired or moved on. I'll let you know when I get to that stage where I start making fun of people. Like, you watch that crap. Oh, no, you're not there yet. Once you're, I get you're, there. You're, no, 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 no. What if and when? Well, I'm getting close. Like I said, I stopped DVRing it. But I'm, I'm disgusted usually when I watch it, but I'm, I'll let you know when I actually make that comment to somebody. Talk to me about your rental properties, because along with your mobile DJing, you you you, you mentioned it a couple of times, Aiken Developments. Was that what your rental properties was revolving around? Yes. How'd you get into that there? So just kind of, you know, working regular jobs. I mean, everybody has a job that you're going to kind of complain about. And I just, uh, I remember meeting a gentleman years ago, probably one of my first jobs, good jobs outside of college. Um, he was a friend of the family. He had this awesome building, lots of great apartments. Then you come home for work, you have the boss, and you have quotas and things like that. I mean, we all have stress. I was like, I've got to do that someday. This guy, he says, oh, I get up anytime I want. I just live off my rentals and this and that. Obviously, there's more that goes into it, but sure. that was the first time it kind of sparked my interest. 
And then after I had my first single family home, I think I bought 2008. I always had the idea, eventually I'll probably get a bigger house if I get married. Um, this will be my first rental. It's a great rental property. And then just kind of kept building and building on top of that. And right now, how many rentals do you have right now? I've got uh, 10 right as we speak. Oh, wow. That's great. Are they, uh, where, are okay. they all throughout Erie or where are they? Yeah, they're all through Erie. Um, they're all in pretty decent neighborhoods for the most part, too. Most are single family homes. I do have a couple of, I have one duplex. I'm working on a deal with another one as well. But I mean, that's usually where you attract the nice tenants, the good families. Sure. Um, if you get the, some people are all about getting a bunch of doors and they're single, just one bedroom, tiny apartments. You get that single dude that's just going to up and leave last minute. Yeah. But if it's a nice apartment or house, you got that family with the kids. It's hard for them to just leave and just, you know, they actually care about their future if they get evicted gotcha. or if you put something on their credit. So this is your, I mean, that's something that you're actively looking for is a family. It, that's the game that not only say game, it is a hustle. Like you're, you know, that you are most likely going to have a more reliable income with somebody that who has a family who isn't just going to up and leave. Have you ever had that somebody that just up and left? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been a couple of times I can actually, Oh Lord, I can tell you a crazy story about one of my tenants that this was uh, probably almost two years ago. Um, so I'm real big on the eviction or not the, the, uh, screening process. Usually I do it on messenger so sure. I can see who you are. I just want to see how you present yourself. Yeah. I don't care about your beliefs or anything like that. So I have this younger couple. They uh, come see this property that I just fixed up. I'm excited to show people. This was December too. It was right around Christmas, probably the worst time to rent a property because it's winter, it's holidays, at least around here. Right. But I found a nice couple, at least I thought, uh, I show them the place. They're walking around, present themselves real well. They're dressed up. The lady has, um, she's handicapped. She can barely walk. She's got a heavy limp. She can barely move her right arm. I mean, no issue, obviously. But they're talking to me like, Nick, we just want an opportunity to get out of this bad neighborhood. And with my disability, I can barely get into most properties. This really, really would work. So, of course, I do the background check. They passed it. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm bragging to my wife. Hey, honey, we got these incredible tenants. And I'm also thinking, wow, I did a good deed. She's handicapped and I'm actually helping her out. Wow, this feels so good. Mm -hmm. So I wish it would have stayed like that. Oh, so God. we go, <laughs> we go, we <laughs> sign the lease. Um, I say, I can't give you the keys until we have the first month and the security deposit. They wanted to do a check. So I have to wait for the check to clear, obviously, and things like that. Right. So I'm waiting for the check to clear. I'm going to do the lease. My wife, for whatever reason, when I was bragging about my great story, she says, I have a feeling. She thinks she's a bruja. She thinks she's a witch where she can predict things. Oh. She's like, she doesn't even know these people. She's like, I have a bad feeling about these. You lease there, signing. So we go to the lease signing. Now all of a sudden they're being a little more combative because they know that. I'm sorry. I lost you there for a second. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Go for it. Go for it. My do you know where we left off at? Uh, you, uh, you started, uh, you lost me right when you brought up that your wife thinks she's a, a bruja. <laughs> okay. So my wife's a bruja. She has no reason to know these are bad tenants. Right. Uh, she just knows the story of me bragging. I'm just gloating like, oh, heck yeah. Look at these tenants. They're going to be long-term. She's, I did a good deed. I'm helping this family out and all that. So we signed the lease. I bring her with me. Just, I want you to talk to them with me. See what you think. As soon as I signed the lease, they start being combative. I mean, not the end of the world or whatever. Um, she doesn't like how they presented themselves. Um, again, I have that check that I had to deposit. I didn't give them the key check. We're going to sign the lease. I'm going to give you your keys in a couple of days once this clears. The check clears. Um, after that, also, I send a handyman over. He has to fix a couple small things. He leaves. So, hey, uh, Nick, um, didn't you say the wife was has a disability or can't walk or something? Like, yeah. Like, well, she wasn't handicapped today. Oh, wow. So help, help me understand what you're saying. Pretend I'm a fifth grader. What, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so I'm fixing something in the kitchen. She ran after her husband like she was a track star up the stairs. She grabbed this glass bottle, threw it off the wall, explodes everywhere. While he was there? So now, yeah. So they got into this big, they got in some <laughs> crazy fight. So she chased them. She's running. She, all of a sudden, she's not handicapped. She runs up the stairs. She throws... <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, maybe she did yoga that day. I don't know. <laughs> she, but... <laughs> she's running. I mean, of all things, it's not like she's limping. She could. 
I had to literally he the husband would grab her side and I grabbed her side to get her up the couple stairs to get in the house. So amazing how things changed. Right. So I pretty much know I made a mistake, but I'm trying to justify it. You know, everybody argues. Maybe there's a reason. Then I'm getting calls from OCY because they have young kids. Now I'm involved in this. Son of a bitch. I, come on. I, I don't know. I signed the lease. This is what I heard from my handyman. They got into a fight, blah, blah, blah. So they have OCY on them. Okay, I'm sorry. What's OCY? It's a child kit. Oh, so okay. if you're, say, you're abusive with your kids in public or something, or a neighbor probably heard them fight or seeing them do something in public. Okay. So now I'm on the hook and I have to be honest or I can get in a lot of trouble. And obviously, if they're damaging a child's future, you got to sure. be as upfront as possible. Absolutely. Not a problem I want to deal with. So the next morning, I wake up, go to my bank account. I'm negative. I think it was $2,000 first month and the security deposit, whatever it was. And it's their check. Bounced. So- yeah, I, well, they, it already went through. Oh, and it cleared, and then I saw it was negative. So I call them. They swear up and down they know nothing. So I call my bank. I call their bank. What's going on? So again, everybody's playing stupid. This is my bank account. Can you please tell me what's going on? So they have to escalate it to a manager, their bank. So what the guy did is he claimed I met with them at a property. I stole a check out of their checkbook, fraudulently filled it out, signed it put the money in there, deposited it into my bank. And their bank is just grilling me like I'm this criminal. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. What, what's, what's, what is, why is this happening to me? So we're going back and forth. They're, oh, we'll call you back. Uh, let's do this. Let me research this. We're going to do an investigation. So then I call back. I had the guy's name and everything. Also, this is completely off topic, but they, wouldn't, they didn't say, they said Nicholas, or they said Aiken. They pronounced my last name perfectly. But the lady always said Nicholas. I don't know why I remember that. It's like, all right, Nicholas. The asshole, it's Nicholas. Why is that so hard? Nothing about the story, but just a little side note. Fair enough. <laughs> so Nicholas calls back and I say, <laughs> um, so you're not sure who's telling the truth here, right? Like, yeah, I mean, we don't have other signatures. We don't have your signature. You could just be forging a signature a different way. So what if I can produce a lease agreement that has 15 of his signatures, does that prove that this is his check? Can you fax that to us within the hour? Absolutely. So fax it over. Finally got myself free and clear of that. Wow. So I called them, said, hey, skip your story. You you screwed me out of this money. I don't know what you're trying to pull. Right. Um, I already talked to my lawyer. I talked to the apartment association. You need to come up with X amount of dollars by the end of the day, or I'm doing exactly what my attorney says. So they come up with the money. Then I call them right back. Thank you for that payment. Okay, I need to know what day you can get out. You're paid through this day, right? but I need to know when you're getting out. No, no, we paid. We're fine. No, no, no. That's a little bit of a lease violation. You said I fraudulently stole a check, filled it out. I mean, fraud on my record. That's kind of big. So then I just moved to eviction. So right after that, finally got him out probably a couple of months. But wow. that's one of my worst scenarios. But you live and you learn. Yeah. Yeah. I should have brought the Bruja with me, I guess. <laughs> was he telling you, uh, I told you so? Was he, was he? I hate to say I told you so, but yeah. It's the so I guess most of my showings, I'm just going to take her to. So even if we do screw it up, like, well, you were there. <laughs> yeah, put it on her. Yeah, right. Dude, I'm all I, about just shifting accountability. I could never, I could never, uh, I, I should say, I shouldn't say that because who knows what the future holds, but. Uh, I find that very difficult to have to have to deal with people because my patience is like, I, I don't, you know, and then of course you got to worry about legality. So you got a lawyer, your lawyer's got to do it because I'm sure you want to rip them a new asshole. That, that to me is just like, when you fuck with my money, you done did it. Your, family, your money, your family. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So Definitely. it's a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes. You're, Anybody that gets into it, you have to understand it's nothing's perfect. You have to learn from what you've done wrong. And I'm and eight years strong in the business, and I'm still making mistakes, sure, unfortunately. Say, but you, the positive outweighs the negative by far. And you seem to be doing a, a good job at it. I mean, uh, eight years, you uh, – I'm, I'm assuming that this is uh, – that you're, you're living uh, – comfortable enough where you can manage the income that you're making and you're doing what you love doing. I mean, you're, you've got a, a YouTube show, you're happily married. You've got this income coming with rental properties. I know for a fact where I'm at in my life wasn't where I, how I planned it 20 years ago. 
but mm-hmm. I'm happy where I'm at. Is that how you like? Are you happy with where you're at, or 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 is this how you wanted it to be? Did it completely go another way, and you fucking made it work? I'm very happy and grateful for what I have, but at the same time, I'm never satisfied. Sure. And I think that's how you have to better yourself. So I wish I had 20 units. I still have a full-time job, very grateful for. They've given me so much over the years. Um, I wish I was able to work for myself and I could, but we wanted to get to a certain level. Okay. So I'm not quite where I want to be, but I'm very happy. I have an incredible family, incredibly blessed. And you can't do something like this, a full-time job and a business like that, because it's so time-consuming if you don't have a good supporting cast. Right, absolutely. So I'm joking around about my wife. No, I know that. Couldn't I'm... ask for a better, couldn't ask for a better support system with my stepdaughters. Um, but for example, my stepdaughter, my one stepdaughter, Mariana, she she designed the logo and everything. She actually named the business. Uh, so it's kind of cool things like that. They're involved and all that. Um, your wife's name is Miriam. Miriam, yes. Where did you and Miriam meet? Because all the pictures I see, you guys look lovely together. And I can tell by your humor that you that you are happy. When you mention Bruja, I don't really feel like you're you're being disparaging <laughs> or disrespectful at all. I, and I remember your humor before. So it seems to me like you've got a great marriage. Where did you guys meet? So thank you. You have a beautiful family as well. For thank that, you. By the way. So I was a mobile DJ. This would have been probably closer towards the end of my run as a DJ. I didn't really want to be in bars past my 30s anyways. So I was probably around 28, 29. So I'm at a hip hop, pretty much only type of bar. Um, And she's never really been there before, but she was friends with a couple of the gentlemen that were regulars there. Okay. So she would sometimes meet up and they would go somewhere else. But for whatever reason, her friend said, no, you're coming here. Just have one drink. Just have one drink. He basically begged her to come in. This is her friend. Now, as soon as she walked in, basically, it's, you know, when you see that special someone or somebody that just touches your eyes, like, oh, okay, what do mm-hmm. we have here? Yeah. So she comes in, but she was always with this guy. She was always dancing with him, this, that. But the first time we actually communicated, so I'm DJing, it's a packed dance floor, loud music, this, that. <clears throat> She's coming up to me. And it's hard to get requests in and kind of balance everything. So you only have a couple seconds. So she's coming up to me and she's like, can you play Maria Colleen? Huh? And her lovely accent, by the way, beautiful accent. Adorable. Where's she from? Where's she from? What what accent is she? She's from Yucatan, Mexico. Mexico. Oh, okay. Mexico. Mexico. Yes. <laughs> so she's like, uh, I need you to play Maria Colleen. So, uh, beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> just the just your impersonation is great i love it so she's doing this three times so i do an old dj trick a lot of times and it works three out of four times i have no idea what they're saying or it's a terrible request like yeah yeah, yeah i'll get it in right she leaves half hour goes by she keeps coming up and i'm like i've got a packed dance or i've got to worry about mixing the next song so she keeps i need you to play Malia Kali. look lady I'm not trying to be rude. I have no idea what you're saying. I'm going to get a piece of paper out and a pen. Write down what you are trying to say. Maria Curry was Mariah Carey. (laughs) Mariah Carey. The whole time you had Mariah Carey on. (laughs) You had it. You had it there. You could have played it a while ago. I could have played it. But she wanted to hear Mariah Carey and Lionel Richie Endless Love. Mm. So I'm looking at this. Like, listen, I can't go. You can find me in the club. To my, I can't mix that doesn't mix with this crowd. I'm sorry. So I have to explain it to her. So she's just getting. She was kind of mad because she thought I was being rude. She'll tell you that to this day. I was rude to her. I was like, look, I can't. I'll do my best. Maybe if no one's here later, I'll play it for you. Right. So we kind of went back and forth a little bit of banner, and then uh, eventually we got to the point where we. She would just somehow, this is probably the second or third time I saw her. She segued into, I don't know how it came up. If you remember, I have no game. I'm terrible with macking on girls and all that. So she got to the point, she had to kind of start it. She's like, I need to make sure you, she's like, why don't you ever call me? So I said, one, I don't have your number. Two, I'm not going to disrespect your husband. Who do you think my husband is? That guy you're always here with, the guy you were just dancing with? Like, oh, that's my friend. What are you talking about? That's not my husband. Yeah. Like, Okay. So we sit there, awkward silence. I probably, a normal guy would say, give me your number. So she walks away. Then she comes back a little bit later. She, come back later. She said, when I get to my car, she didn't have her phone with her. I better have a text message from you. Okay, can I have your number? 
And she says, absolutely not. And it takes off. What did I do wrong this time? I'm just, what did I do? Doesn't she want me to ask for her number? Yeah, yeah. So as she leaves, she takes my phone, puts her number in it. And I text her, literally, I just say, hi. And then she had that, and the rest was history. At least that started everything. It was a process. But sure, sure. Yeah, that was our segue. started, yeah. Yeah, she seems yeah. very assertive. That's how Latina women are. My wife is the very, is the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. Does she like Maria Curie? <laughs> she does she does and the, the duet she sang with lionel richard is uh is <laughs> right <laughs> that would have been a tongue twister if i with again there's a lot of music people are dancing and all that how do you how did you handle requests when people is that uh, I, I know uh you know the the dj's uh, the number one rule is you never ask for requests from the dj while he's playing but it, did you handle it well or were you did you compensate work with him i I tried to find a way to mix it in, or I would try to articulate to them. All right. So we have these women on the dance floor right now and they want to hear 50 cent in the club. They want to hear get low, the big hits, you know, maybe usher. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. I can't go out of that realm. Once they leave or they go off the dance floor, I'm going to try to mix it in. So I would try to, but if it was some bull crap, I, I would have to just dude. I can't play number 12 on the second one twelve album. I could play dance with me, maybe, right. but I can't play number twelve that right. no one knows. Right, peaches and cream. I love one twelve. That one, yeah. Right, that would work just fine. Yeah. You, you're married, and you have two stepdaughters in their twenties. Yep. How do you how how's stepfatherhood? Are you trying to be assertive as a father, but not really because you're trying to be respectful that you know you're the stepfather? Do they give you a hard time? Is it the cliche stepdaughter stepfather relationship, or do you, did you have a a great relationship upon meeting them? I think it's great. Um, a lot of it has to start with my wife. Just kind of uh, she brought me around at the wrong time because she was married previously. Um, the father is still active in their life and actually I have a great relationship with them. Oh, sweet. So I don't want to step on his feet and sure. he never did anything wrong to me for me to be like that. Um, but never really disciplining every once in a while, every so often I might step in if they have an issue with the mom or I might give a little advice here and there, but I would definitely say it's a great relationship. I don't think we've really had any type of argument myself and the, my stepdaughters. So I mean, cool. I don't want to say there was never been a disagreement or a conflict yeah. of interest, but nothing where we've really raised our voice or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just more so I'm here, always here to help for they need advice for this, for that. But the big things, 99% of the time my wife would handle, but I'm always there to kind of just be the supporting character, the supporting act to help out here and there or after the ramifications, after they get lectured, if that were the case or something, okay, this is why this happened or that happened. And right. this was probably more so when they were younger and teenagers. Right. You were kind of like the the closer. You kind of came in and kind of like. Oh, right. Exactly. All I had to do is throw a couple of pitches. I think it's pretty cool that the, the father is still in their life and you're respecting that. Um, and it, it doesn't surprise me because I've always remembered you to be a, a class act kind of guy. Even as a stepfather, I'm sure you understand the, the, the ramifications that a, a man has impacting on their daughters, be it father or stepfather. So just that alone, I'm sure that they can appreciate and respect as well, because you're not putting them in a position where they have to be. Uh, it's it's either me or it's your dad or, you know, you, you obviously seem to be yeah. respecting that that line very well. That's awesome. Right. Thank you. Uh, one thing I do want to add on. So I'm not, and I'm not at all saying I'm perfect. I'm still evolving from uh, being a husband, a stepfather, businessman. Um, so I brought up how my one stepdaughter, Mariana, she helped make my logo for Aiken Developments for my real estate business. Okay. And then also my other stepdaughter, she wrote a paper on me last year, kind of like a career, like somebody that kind of influenced her or she looked up to. Um, so sometimes people will ask me, what are your biggest accomplishments? What are your favorite things? You know, is it this? Is it that? Uh, is it a work trip or whatnot? I would say the fact that my stepdaughter helped design my logo and the fact that my other stepdaughter, Natalia, she wrote a page just talking about, yeah. you know, my full-time job, my real estate business, and just the fact that it affected her enough where she wrote that paper. There's no price tag you can put on that. Oh, no. And I think that's so cool because it's like, um, I know what it feels like and I can understand that. But I think it's even more important because you have a relationship with with uh, children um, and you got to, I don't want to say work hard because or work harder, but, but you do have to, you do have to, 
to pay attention to the details a little bit more in a different way because you're you're acknowledging that you are uh, in their life as a stepfather and you're trying not to be disrespectful like I mentioned so you're doing all these things and it's obviously working when they when they see that and they can and they can say you inspire them you're inspiring right right so it's like what you're doing is working I think a lot of times um, like my wife um, she's a stepmother to my first two children and they love my wife they love her to death and I feel like when we first got together and she was trying to find her footing and trying to find her place with my kids. It was almost like, uh, you know, maybe she was not trying to try too hard, but she didn't want to be too easy because my wife's very, she's very strict and she has certain things that she likes a, a certain way. So it's almost like this game that you have to play. And that's why I say it's almost a little harder. I would think for step parents in a way, because you have all this love to give but you also respect the fact that there's somebody else in the picture still. And I think that's admirable. So my hat, if I'm wearing one, I'm tipping it off to you, sir. Thank you. Very much appreciated. <laughs> um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to think back uh, to Edinburgh when we would talk. Sure. You lived with, you grew up with, was it just your mom and your sister? Um, I was, I, my um, parents, so I brought up earlier how we moved around a lot when we were younger. Yeah. Unfortunately, my birth dad and my mom did uh, separate. They never got married, but they were together for years. Okay. Um, they did break up and had to move on. And then, so probably fifth grade, sixth grade, my stepfather started dating my mom. And then several years later, got married and all that. But yeah, I had my stepfather, my two sisters, and my mom. Okay, so you had a stepdad. Okay, because I, I, yes. I remember your mom and your sister coming to visit you. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, when I look at where you are now in your life as a father, stepfather to two young women, you have a sister, two sisters, Oh, but yeah. you have two sisters. Well, I have two sisters. So, yep. you know, I feel like that, that helps. I think that helps men when they have sisters in their lives and then they have daughters. It helps kind of like prepare you for, you know, I remember when my daughter was born and she was emotional my firstborn emotional at two, three years old. I'm like, uh, and now she's 19 and she gets emotional and I can handle it. I don't know if I'd be able to, to understand the emotion and the, and the, and the complexity of, of a woman. And I mean that in a respectful manner, because sometimes you see a lot of guys who don't have any experience fathering daughters or having sisters in their lives. They're rough. They're, they're 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 not in touch dare i say with their feminine side i think that's such a i don't, <laughs> I, don't I think my, my 19 year old heard me say that right now she would tell me that <laughs> they don't say that anymore dad you know but dad what the hell are you saying yeah right right well what do you mean what is that supposed to mean dad but <laughs> i feel like you know i grew up with uh all my aunts i have five aunts i have three uncles but my aunts were involved in my life i have two sisters and now I have three daughters and one son. So I feel like I was put into place to to handle and love and nurture the young woman. And I can see that in you. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty fucking cool. I just want to say that's actually I never thought of it that way. That's an excellent point. I had two sisters younger. I've seen a lot and I probably made a lot of mistakes. If we had my sisters on this interview, I have a great relationship <laughs> with them. They would be like. Oh, he did this to me when I was younger or that to me, or he was a jerk or whatever. So yeah, I think that's actually an excellent point. I probably learned some things. And as I've gotten older and when you're a stepdad, probably the biggest rule I can tell myself, sometimes less is more. Yeah. Sometimes you don't, if my, my, my wife did enough disciplining or has an issue, why do I need to add on to that? Do I just want to hear myself talk? Yep. Miriam said everything. She yeah. did it perfectly fine. I don't need to add on to it. No, I, maybe the next day after they sleep on it, I can help out the next day or something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I am like completely happy talking to you again. It's been 20 fucking years. Um, too long. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's too long. I think the last time I saw you was at one of the bars in Edinburgh um, in like 2000. Sick top rap party. <laughs> I think we tried going to a party once and, and we were in the basement. Of Babies a and dogs were sleeping and we woke them up. <laughs> That's a quote, if you remember. We were yeah, we were trying to get out of the. We were trying to find the car in the neighborhood, and dogs started barking and waking up babies. Yeah, I forgot about like, that. Babies and dogs are sleeping, guys. My bad. 
forgot. I don't know why I remember that, but I definitely do. Let me, for the listener that's listening, it has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Nick and I, and this is 98. I'll say, man, yeah, it was 98, me and 99. Who knows? But uh, we were, you know, Nick and I didn't go drinking. Uh, I think I, I didn't do anything. I, and I, I look back now and I'm like, God, I wish I would have at least taken a little bit more opportunity at the time I had there and, and had some fun. I had a girlfriend that stayed back home and I was such a fucking lame ass dude. I didn't do anything. I didn't you know. I wish I would have. I hate to say it, but I wish I would have just broke up with the girl that I had back at home so I can go to college and not and, and at least at least do something. But I bring that up because we stayed in the in the dorms a lot when everybody would go out. And there was one night where I forget we got invited to some some party. Do you remember what what it was? Or this be early on the one the babies and dogs one, or yeah. is it a second one? Or... What was the second? It was, was uh, my roommates. One? It was my roommate uh, that uh, Mike or whatever. Okay, yes. Yeah. So we were going to a frat party. I remember going into. Um, I, I remember going into a house. It wasn't really that packed of a party. We went into the basement. It was not. I remember just being like, this is so boring. And we left. 17 dudes and three girls. <laughs> <laughs> this it was is sweet. So bad. It was so bad. I'd find more women at the UC, the university center. Why, why am I here? <laughs> we left and we're walking down. It's like dark in the neighborhood. We're walking down the street and all of a sudden like dogs start barking and and. and we, somebody yelled out, yeah, shh, there's babies sleeping. We were like, oh, shit. I think we were laughing really loud, though, too, because it was just so funny. We, we probably are. It was, we were waking babies and dogs up. Don't mistake that. It was both oh, babies oh. and shh, babies and dogs are sleeping. That's why it was even funnier. Like, your dog go back to sleep. Did, do we have to give them, like, some medicine or? Yeah. <laughs> what was the second time? I don't even remember. I remember, is that, was that at the, at the, Where so- did- at the girls' soccer house? Was that were you with me? For I that? think so. So I remember the pre-party shenanigans better. So I remember myself, um, a, a gentleman. I think his name was Mensa. That we only hung out with once yeah. or twice. Oh, oh, oh side note, ours. Mensa moved to Lancaster. By the way, are you kidding me? I'm not. Like, how crazy is that? Wow, small world. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, you're fine. No, no, no. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, yeah, there's him. Like I said, we only hung out with maybe once or twice. I think you met him, and maybe RJ or somebody else. Another friend was with us. But I remember you were driving. You have your, you know, I'm um, uh, 18, 19. You got this swag. I'm real cool. And you're like, hey, yo, guys, you see that stop sign right there? That's not for flex. So you don't even entertain the fact of slowing down. I did it. You blow right through it. And there's a cop right beside us. And he said, yeah, you really blew that stop sign. I can't even give you a warning with that. <laughs> I, I didn't, did you even consider stopping? And what if there was somebody walking? Well, he didn't say babies and dogs are sleeping, but. Yeah, I said, I said, um. I said, I said, hey guys, you see the the stop signs that have the white border? That means that I don't stop at those, and they all have white. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember driving around. I had a nineteen. Uh, what was it? I had an eighty. So the tempo? It was a Ford Tempo. Yeah, Ford Tempo. You don't know. I remember that, dude. but I got it. Yeah, I mention it to my daughter every now and then too. I'm like, listen, I had an eighty nine, eighty seven, whatever it was. I had a Ford Tempo. It was a piece of shit. I drove it to. I drove it to Edinburgh. Five hours from Lancaster. I tried driving it back. I, I did it once or twice, and then it broke down and left me, Sean, and TJ stranded on like on the highway oh, near, near State College. Yeah. Blew a hole in the piston oh, wow. and everything. Oh, man. Listen, um, thank you so much for doing this, man. It was great talking and laughing again. I'm, I'm, we Pleasure. Gotta, we got to we gotta, hopefully we can get together. That'd be pretty cool if I can get up Anytime. There. Yeah, because uh, considering everything... You know, hopefully we can we can get through it, and it's been too long, twenty years. But I feel like like nothing has changed. I feel like we're still we can still shoot the shit the same way. I like I love it. Absolutely, nothing has changed. Also, I mean, thank God, I guess, for social media. I honestly remember when you found me on MySpace years ago. So I have always considered you a good friend, and we've kept in constant communication Likewise, since then. Yeah. So that's been great. So even though we haven't physically talked, I guess, yeah. it's still been nice that we've been kept up track. We know how each other's doing and things like that. But yeah, absolute pleasure talking to you, and I appreciate you having me on your platform. Hey, no, absolutely. Wow, you took it back to MySpace. Is that one? Is I forgot about. I thought I found you on Facebook, you, but yeah, you're right, yeah. No, nope, no, nope, you found me on MySpace. 
And you know how you could make your MySpace page name whatever you want? It's like, hey, what's up? It's, it's me, Flex. Remember Flex from college? As if your name didn't say Flex. And I know all these other Flexes. Like, yes, Flex, I remember. What's up, man? Thanks for finding me here or whatever. <laughs> hey, man. I don't want to keep you up any longer. I know it's been about an hour and a half, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Very, very appreciated. Great job. Great questions. You're going awesome. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm learning from the best. You're a professional, and I appreciate <laughs> your kindness. All right, man. Take it easy. You as well. Nick's a cool cat. I like Nick. I've always liked Nick. Nick, thank you for joining me on the Journeyman Chronicles. I appreciate you. Good luck on your show. Everybody, please take some time to check it out. It's called Off the Radar. Look it up on YouTube. Like I said, he's talking the rappers. He's talking the professional wrestlers. He's just a great all-around guy, funny guy. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope you got a good laugh. Maybe you needed it. There's nothing wrong with laughing. It's the best medicine, as they say. And as I say, maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons. My name is The Journeyman, Felix C. Arroyo, and these are The Journeyman Chronicles. Y'all be safe.